Kravitz. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening. It is Breeders' Cup time. I am your host, Howard Kravitz. Welcome to the HHH Rating Podcast, episode 304, as we deep dive into the first day of the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita 2023. It is Future Stars Friday, five races, all championship races for two-year-olds. It's going to be a fantastic day of racing. We can't wait to talk about it with you tonight. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. And ladies and gentlemen, we are really close. We are within 35 subscribers away on our YouTube channel of 3,000. If you have not subscribed, please hit that red subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Let's take us over 3,000 subscribers tonight on this show. You can follow me on Twitter, and it's right there, at H. Kravitz, or X. And our Twitter handle is close to 2,000 followers. So please go to Twitter or X if you're on there and follow me and the podcast at H. Kravitz. Scrolling to the bottom of the screen, you can reach me email hkravitzhorse at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns that you might have. Also, you see scrolling in the bottom of this player right now. Our last Breeders' Cup preview show is tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to talk about all nine Breeders' Cup races in detail for Saturday. You do not want to miss that. Please join us tomorrow night. We have many also co-hosts and special guests. Please check that out tomorrow night. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have Breeders' Cup Power Picks. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our Breeders' Cup Power Picks tip sheet, which is only $20 for both days combined, I've seen, again, tip sheets for $70, $80, $90. We're not here to gouge you. We want to give you the best information possible. And ladies and gentlemen, it's almost 30 pages because we're about to finish it uh, this evening. It's fantastic grids, analysis, uh, larger plays, smaller plays, everything you'd like. All you need to do, look below the video player for all the information on the PowerPix tip sheet. Let me show you exactly what you need to do as I go ahead and bring it up on the screen here to sign up for our Beers Cup Powers Pick tip sheet. As I bring it up right now, all you this is our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Right on the top there, the blue banner, Power Picks tip sheet takes you right to the page, and there you go. Buy now. 20 bucks. It's a great deal. I don't know what you're waiting for. I will say there is a deadline for this, and it is tomorrow, Wednesday night, midnight Eastern. Again, Wednesday night, midnight Eastern is a hard deadline. We've got to finalize a lot of the details from an administrative standpoint. So if you like the Briska Power Picks, Wednesday, midnight Eastern, look below the video player, HHH Racing Podcast. Dot com. Also follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. Last thing I want to do is I do want to show uh, where all of our shows are, because if you haven't done the deep diving that you feel like you need to, there's no better place than right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Here's our YouTube channel. Let's go to the search bar and type in HHH Racing Podcast, and you can see there's our show right now upcoming shows. And here you go. Breeders' Cup preview shows. We've all these fantastic shows. Hit that right arrow also 
and you see more shows, including a great interview with Cody Dorman of Cody's Wish and his family. Aiden O'Brien, we had live on the show. So again, we've had fantastic shows, almost 15 hours of coverage, 12 shows total. Not only that, the Benton and Boozin guys are fantastic. Younger handicappers are taping right now as we speak. Early pick five, late pick five. Excuse me, early pick five Friday, late pick five. Let me try again. Early pick five Friday, early pick five Saturday, and the uh, pick six on Saturday. It's going to be three separate taped podcasts that we're going to be pushing out very soon from Kyle Roscoe, who's our host, and our Bet and Boozen co-host. So please check out those Bet and Boozen shows for the early pick fives Friday and Saturday night, and also the dollar pick six bet, which is going to be huge and fantastic on Saturday. All right. That takes care of all the promos. Let me bring in uh, a co-host who's been uh, a trusty friend. He's done an unbelievable job on the show. He's also in the midst of writing a book about the Cody's Witch story and the Dorman family. He's been an integral part of this show for over, what is it, over a year and a half now. I can't believe it's been that long. Let's bring him on. He also writes for the Saratoga Special newspaper in Saratoga Springs, and he's from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Let's bring him on right now, Mr. Paul Halloran. Paul, how are you doing tonight? I have my big-ass fans mascot. I love it. By the way, they changed their name. It's just big fans now. I saw a commercial. They had no ass in there. So I guess they changed the name. Then this is a collector's item. (laughs) It sure is. Howard, this will be on our table in the BCBC room. This will make the trip. The BCBC crew is going to be brought back together very soon. Paul, myself, Matt Miller, Brad Anderson, Drew Cotney, the list goes on and on. Paul, very quickly, you are, let's tell everyone what's happening. Two quick things. You are getting on a plane tomorrow morning, heading out to Santa Anita um, for a special presentation for Cody's uh, Wish Connections on Wednesday night. But before we do that, we got to talk about quick, unfortunate news uh, today, Paul, oh. which really only affects the, the Saturday races, but practical move on just horrible uh, passed away unfortunately with a heart attack after the workout and then archangelo i guess those foot issues were as big as we you and i sort of feared off the record um he has been retired but what a great run he had paul yeah i'm really sorry you know that's the problem when they make the stallion deal while they're still running you know the first thing that goes awry that you know because he certainly as light as lightly raced as he was, he he could have been a really good older horse as a four year old. But yeah, we talked about it last night, Howard. There is no such a thing as a minor issue when you don't go to the track two days in a row, yeah. five days before uh, a Grade One race, and uh, it, we just feel badly. You know, we uh, we like Jenna. Jenna came on with us before the Travis. Jenna did an interview with FanDuel today, Howard. I tweeted about it. it it's a master class. In how to handle yourself in an, uh, ad, you know, in an adver, uh, uh, you know, bad situation. Uh, yeah. She was graceful. She was honest. She was emotional at times. Uh, but uh, she just said, you know, it's not about me. It's about the horse, and the horse is doing great. And so it's just too bad. And practical move is just, you know, uh, on right. paper. On papers, I think he was the second choice, if I'm not mistaken, in the morning line so. in the dirt mile. And certainly on paper, uh, one of the biggest threats. And uh, 
you know, routine gallop and going back to the barn and had a heart issue. So it, it was a tough morning out there. Yeah, for sure. Very tough morning. Well, we're going to look forward. We got to, we got to, we're going to bring the heat uh, tonight because we got record cold temperatures here in Chicago. We had some serious snow flurries here, Paul, in Chicago. I know if you're in the Midwestern part of the country, we got quite the cold snap, but it's going to warm up and it's definitely going to heat up this weekend at San Neil. Let's quickly go, quickly go to our wonderful people in the live chat. If you're watching us on YouTube, please go to live chat. We want to be very active tonight. If you're watching this on Twitter or X or any other platform, highly recommend you switch over to our YouTube channel so you can join our live chat. Terry Frank, great viewer of the show. Thank you to Howard and the HHH crew for these shows. Last night's show and episode 205, must see YouTube. If you're going to the BCBC, that is the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge live money contest. Thank you very much. Michael Austin, Michael, look forward to seeing you out at Sanity very soon. I've not met him before. Great viewer of the show. The BC has been great so far. Can't wait. Hot Rod, this show wouldn't be the same without Rodney Evans. Hot Rod, thanks for joining the show. We got Smogington is here. We've got Maiden Focus is here. I'm just looking at the chat. We got all the big time uh, players. We got Tim Lomas, just subscribed. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate that to the Power Picks tip sheet. Hoping you guys can make Breeders' Cup Friday a very profitable one. That's the plan. That's the plan for sure, right, Paul? We And, and it's two-year-olds, you never know, but we're going to see. Anyway, we got a lot of people in the chat. Please comment in the chat. We also have a special guest waiting in the green room in the background that we're going to bring on in approximately 10 minutes as we end our discussion of the first race. Paul, are we ready for Breeders' Cup Friday? We certainly are. It's it's not an easy slate, so let's get to it. No, it's not. Let's go to it right now. The first race of Breeders' Cup Friday, you're going to see picks on the bottom of the screen. Let me get rid of the scrolling banner. You're going to see picks on the bottom of the screen if you're not familiar with the show. These are top three picks for myself and Paul. By the way, just to get this for the record in case people are wondering, where is Pete Viscow, our also wonderful co-host? He has trick-or-treat duties with his son uh, tonight, so... Uh, Pete Visco will not be with us. Maybe he'll make a little appearance at the end, but uh, always got to take care of family first. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen for race five. Let's bring it up right now. We are quite different in this race, which I think we're going to see that as a theme as we go throughout this night. The first race of Breeders' Cup Friday is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint. Of course, it's a grade one. It starts at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, $1 million, five furlongs for, of course, two-year-olds. They're all two-year-olds. You see the field of 12. There are three AEs. I doubt they're going to get in unless something happens. Moyline favorite is a very fast horse early, especially from Europe. From Europe. Big abs, Michael Appleby. No relation, by the way, to Charlie Appleby. Thomas Marquand, an excellent young jockey, the best jockey in Great Britain. Paul, you're going to go with Big Evs on top. I'm assuming you're hoping he goes wire to wire. But really, not hoping he goes, because we've got a horse that we'll talk about in yeah. just a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he gets caught at the wire. Um, yeah, you know, there, there are a few red flags. It's This is his first time going around a turn. He's run all straightaways, so that's an issue. Uh Good for Michael Appleby, uh, first Breeders' Cup runner for him. Also, Adam West, a European trainer, uh, who will talk about uh, his first runner. Um, but having said that, um, you know, if you toss out that Nunthorpe race uh, at York, 
four out of four out of four in the exacta, three wins. The horse does have speed. Uh, this is speed kills in turf sprints, especially out at Santa Anita. Um, you know how these races get fast, but I don't know that on paper this is the fastest turf sprint we've ever seen. So I, I do think this horse has a chance to just leave them all behind. Yes. Let me comment on Big Abs because people might be wondering, Howard, you don't have Big Abs anywhere. There's two concerns I have with Big Abs. And obviously, this horse can win. Uh, if this horse wires the field, will I be surprised? No. But there's a few reasons I don't like Big Abs, Paul. Let me explain. You can push back as much as you'd like. First of all, I think he's going to be the favorite. And there's he's never been, like you said, gone live. He's never gone around a turn. I mean, he could blow the turn. I mean, we, we don't know what's going to happen. He also seems to be a need-the-lead type. His big number last time, Paul, was on soft ground, which is it's not going to be that way, obviously, on Friday. And he just absolutely flew to the lead, really without being pressured at all. If you look at his previous races, Paul, they're not good enough to win. A 91 time form rating equates to like a low 70s. He's not good enough to win. So there's also speed to his inside. I don't, not sure he's going to get the lead. Everything's going to have to be perfect for Big Abs, in my opinion, Paul. Again, he can win. He's going to have to break on top. The other speed is going to have to not go with him. And he's going to have to handle a turn. And he's going to be the favorite. So based on all that, I'm going to go with No Name Mets. I think No Name Mets is the best inside speed. Obviously, the other Weavers to the inside and Cribs at Advocate. My gut feeling is No Name Mets is better and a faster horse. I don't like that Crimson Advocate's been off uh, since uh, all the way at Ascot. I know it was planned, Paul, but I don't like it. I don't like the rail. I know Crimson Advocate can also win. I don't have – neither one of us have Crimson Advocate in the top three, but this horse can win too. I just think Irad is going to go and try to take it to Big Evs, and I'm not 100% positive No Name Mets can rate, but I just think he's really talented. He's been working lights out at Saratoga. This is my top choice. Quick thoughts on those two horses, because you don't have No Name Mets anywhere, and I don't have Big Evs anywhere. So quick thoughts on my comments, then we'll move on. Yeah, I have both Crimson Advocate and No Name Mets as Bs in an ABC grid type setup powered. Um, I think there are a lot of horses who could win this race. You know, you have an Aiden O'Brien morning line, 12 to 1. You want to get beat by him. We got our guy, Shards, who I think we have to talk about at some point, who's going to be picking him up and laying him down, as Larry Kalmus <laughs> called for you. Um, you know, Valiant Force, who I reluctantly didn't use, William Buick uh, coming out of the Group 1 races in France. So, you know, th this is one of, I think, a series of difficult races on Friday. There's no question about it. By the way, Tiger Bell, the three, also has early speed. There's just a ton of early speed in this race. Uh, you're going to go with the nine in second, a miss waves. We, knew, we know this horse well. I'm going to save the replay, Paul, for when Tony Rallo comes on here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about shards. But a miss waves is one of the few horses here that looks like can pass horses. That might be very advantageous in this spot. Yeah, I, I, I thought uh... – I thought he she ran as good, well as any of them in that race. It was obviously a blanket finish with the top three, uh, with committee of one amidst ways and shards who are all back in this race. Uh, I thought even though committee of one was behind amidst ways coming home, I think committee of one did get the jump on him a, a little bit on her. 
So I thought amidst ways uh, ran uh, as well as anyone. And, you you know, well, Johnny V last time, but, you know, certainly going to Pratt, uh, there's no drop off. Uh, and you could argue even with Johnny V going to Pratt on turf might be a, a minor upgrade. So, yeah, I think this uh, this horse is going to be an A for me amidst waves. Okay, I have it Miss Waves as a C. I don't know how good she uh, she is, to be honest. Um, and people will say, wait a minute, you're going to like Shards in a few minutes who lost to Miss Waves. Yes, but but we'll talk about it. I'm using Miss Waves. I don't – she's already had like, you know, four stars, actually five. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit indifferent with Miss Waves. Can we talk about Slider? I slider in second. And you know what, Paul? I, I really have a tough time with this horse. There's a few things I like. I like I know the I know eleven is not ideal, but there's not a lot of speed directly to his inside. So I think he's gonna break very fast. He'll cross over to some extent and he'll look to his left and he'll see what happens. He's um was very good last time. That was a wicked pace. He did go wide. It was weird. He sort of came wide in the stretch, and I don't really like that, but maybe going around this five for long configuration uh is gonna help him. So that's a good thing. He's just the best outside speed, and I like that angle. Uh, let's talk about the number seven. But in order to talk about the number seven, we got to say a few things before we bring on our special guest. For people that do not know, myself, Paul Halloran, Pete Visco, and Kyle Roscoe, let's bring us on full screen here. The four of us all have a small ownership piece of Shards. Paul, we cannot be any more excited for Shards, who's just been massively trained by Kelsey Danner, one of the most underrated trainers around. And how did even Shards come to be? Well, this gentleman we're about to bring on this on the screen was an integral part of Shards becoming a member of Crownsway Racing. So let's bring on the president of Crownsway Racing is already out in California looking to see our runner, his runner, run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Mr. Tony Rallo. Tony, how you doing tonight? Hey, guys. What's going on? We are doing great. How are things in California, Tony? Oh, great. I'm a little bit tired. I've spent about five hours at Clockers Corner today seeing a lot of nice horses, a lot of, lot of nice horses out there, and just counting down the hours now after the post draw. It's just waiting for, um, waiting for go time. No, it's unbelievable. Well, the post draw we already had. You mean post time? We hear you. Well, you know the post draw. He no, got the seven. It's the post draw. Now it's now it's real. Right. He got the seven hole. We're looking. Look below the bottom of the screen, Tony. I'm putting up your contact information. If you want to get in touch with Cronway Racing, there's all the contact information. I'll leave that up for just a minute. Uh, Tony, I'm going to ask a question. Paul, you'll ask a question before we get into the race in particular. Tony, tell us how shards came to your eyes and to the crowns way racing uh, family. So that was um, most of the two year olds we have, have been picked out by me, but I, I got to give credit where it's due. That was a Kelsey Danner find. Um, she found him at OBS after he RNA'd, you know, when he, after the work, we didn't think he'd be anywhere near our price range. And um, then he RNA'd at the sale. So she sent me over to Tom McCrocklin's take a look at him and loved him from the first time I saw him. And with MBS helping out, we were able to go and acquire him. Amazing. Uh, and Kelsey Danner does, does a great job. The Bucheros have come out firing, Tony. This is a Florida bread. It's really quite a story. Yeah, no, they've been very good sprinters since they've started. I've talked to 
Harlan from Iron Horse Racing all week. He almost seems like he's more excited about shards than he is about get smoking. But <laughs> I think Pachero's his baby. But I think we got – he's coming into it great. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, Paul, I'm going to let you ask a question about the race specifically. We both have this horse in third. Obviously, look, we, in our heart, Tony, of course, this horse is absolutely number one. But we want to be honest with the viewers. To win this race would be – unbelievable i don't think it's out of the question but a lot of things would have to go right paul do you have a specific question for tony regarding this race specifically or shards in this race specifically well i guess i should ask you about the draw tony we were on last night and we were kind of whooping it up uh we thought if you couldn't pick any better what were you think what were you thinking going into the draw and what were you thinking when he drew the seven uh i didn't want to be trapped down inside again so I was hoping for really anything between six and eight, ideally, between those two. But I would have been happy with anywhere between three and nine. I didn't want to be way outside either. But, yes, we couldn't be happier with the seven spot. And there's no speed directly around us. So hopefully we can um, break good and get find a good position. Tony, there's he a really lot did of have a, Sorry, Go ahead, Tony. He really did have a tough trip last time in Keeneland, didn't he? Yeah, he had to wait a little bit, and those turf sprints, I mean, it, especially for a closer in the turf sprints, it's got to go perfect. And it uh, looked like Adam was trying to fo follow a mitts wave. It kind of closed a little bit, and when he got clear, it was just a little bit too late. But I think it's hard to split any of the three coming out of the Indian summer, and, and hopefully it's a key race going into this. Let's watch the stretch run. Committee of one was the six, and midwaves the two. Shards is the one on the rail in the orange silks. Tony, we are all watching this together. Let me bring it back a little bit. Tell me what you were thinking at this point. Here's Shards right here. Saving ground, getting a nice trip, but we're not going to watch the head-on. But if you watch the head-on, he had to weave a few times to try to find a hole. That might have cost him the victory, but watch the gallop out also. Tony, I'll just let you talk it through the stretch here. Yeah, so right about here, I'm starting to think maybe we should have taken him to allowance at Gulfstream. <laughs> But um, he follows, he starts following amidst wave make. Johnny V had a great ride in this race. And Adam's looking to follow and then still waiting and then finally gets the hole and spurts through. And um, just needed those two horses to come back to us a little bit here, but they didn't. But we were right there on the line with them. And he, he goes on and gallops out huge. Yeah, here's the gallop out. I mean, right past the wire, you'll see it here. I mean, he's already, this is, it's hard to tell, Tony, that's a good length. I yeah. would say less, less than a 16th past the wire. So, you know, I'm big on gallop outs. I'm a big visual handicapper from a visual standpoint. I like shards better than a miss waves is right here. And committee of one, not only that, I think shards gets a great post should sit mid pack Tony and make a run. I don't know if he's gonna be good enough to win, but I'm hoping just Adam, just Adam Bashiz of the rider just finds a hole and just gives this horse an opportunity I do think we're going to have to use them a little bit early, though, Tony. It's only five furlongs. I don't think you can launch from that far back. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think there's a lot of speed. Even the Europeans in this edition of the of the race show a lot of speed. Now, I don't know if they can run with the American speeds with the exception of Big Evs. Yeah. But I saw a lot of them today, all the, horse, all the horses in our race, and – yeah, I think there's a there's a chance that there could be a really hot pace, and if that happens and we get a clear run, I think we have, we have an opportunity to make a little bit of noise. 
Tony, I got one last question. We'll let Paul ask a question if he wants, and we're going to move on with the show and let you go. I know if you had a long day. Concerns. is the If I had to list a few concerns, tell me which one is the bigger concern for you and people that might be betting shards Friday. Is it the five for a long distance might be too short for him? Or is it possibly a somewhat quick turnaround of about, you know, four weeks, just slightly less than four weeks? If I gave you those two choices, I mean, obviously the competition is very tough. But of those two choices, uh, what's a bigger concern to you, Tony? I think the bigger concern for me would be the five eights. Um, After the last race, you know, when do they close and they just miss? You always think, oh, go longer. But, you know, a lot of the time that turns out to be, if you go longer, it dulls their speed. So I think we're still figuring out whether five furlongs, five and a half, six, up to even seven, or at some point at Gulfstream, maybe trying the two turns are all options for him. But I think the five furlongs would be the bigger concern. As far as the quick turnaround, I mean, this horse couldn't be doing any better right now. He shipped out great and um, is really on his toes today. So. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat, Michael Lawson, um, met you today while before the meeting. Main focus, like I just said, was on, uh, said Shards was on his toes. Question for Mark, uh, Mike Carmoli, and then we'll let you go, uh, mm-hmm. Tony. Really appreciate you coming on. How did Shards get his name? Uh, well, John from MBS, John Ballantyne named him. Um, we like, I know John likes the one word names, and I think what he had said was Bachero. I believe is some sort of base and the mayor's name since Cynthia's fury. Well, I think what he figured was Cynthia got Cynthia got mad and threw the vase and it broke into shards. There you go. By the way, someone said getting smoking is scratched in the chat, which is, which actually might make a slight bit of difference for tomorrow's race in the turf, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, well, I'll answer another question in the chat. Tony, thanks a lot for coming on, man. We we yeah. I can't wait to see you. Absolutely. We are absolutely over the moon. We are so excited. But let me just give you one piece of advice, advice, Tony. Not as if you need it. Just enjoy the ride, man. I mean, no matter what happens, this would be would it be fair to say. I'll throw one more question at you. Maybe it's a stupid question. Would it be fair to say that if Shards can win, this would be a life changing event for you personally in Crownsway Racing? Absolutely. Um, our goal has always been Breeders' Cup. Um, we're, we're more focused on Breeders' Cup than we are at some of the bigger events. And we've tended to have a lot of turf sprinters. So obviously the Breeders' Cup is where it come, is where the big event is for that. And yeah, just being, being able to be here at the Breeders' Cup, I think represents a major step forward in Crownsway that we can compete at the top levels of the game. And again, here's the contact information on the bottom of the screen. Tony, the best way of these uh, contacts on the bottom to get in touch with you personally or for people that are interested in, you know, buy, you know buying pieces of, of the horses that uh, you're, you know, looking at at the sale, uh, probably starting next spring, I would think. Yeah, Series F is slated to start in uh, spring of 24. Um, and- the best way to contact me, email, Twitter is both great. And we actually have changed the website from that ugly Google sites down there. <laughs> It is back to officially being crownswayracing.com. Okay, so crown so crownswayracing.com yep. is where you can check out uh, Tony Rao. Tony, we're going to see you. Uh, well, Paul might see you tomorrow night. I'll see you on Thursday. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Congratulations on Shards being in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. Have a great night, Tony.
Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Bye -bye. See you, Tony. All right, Tony Rollo really does a great job. We're, we're excited to be uh, small partners with Crownsway Racing. Look, I think he's got a shot to be in the money. Paul, he's a perfect reverse key back wheel try your super horse. And uh, listen, we all love to see the horse win. I'm not going to say it's unrealistic, but realistically, I think a top four or five finish is very realistic for this horse if everything goes his way. Paul, let's go on to the next race. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Paul, about the Bruce Cup? Jubilee no, I, you know, it, I, it was interesting when you showed the replay. It looks like there was just one horse too many in front of him. You know, the, the eight, <laughs> yeah. the eight who ended up fading back, Adam looked like he wanted to go up the rail. And then the eight, the eight was there. The three was a little outside of him. Then he had a swing. Wide. I think with one fewer horse in front of him, he, he just might've won. So I think what it boils down to Howard is we're going to find out how good that race was by all yes. these horses, how they all run. And by the way, something really cool, Paul, and bring it on screen. This is our website again. If you want to see something that I thought was a lot of fun, Go to our website. Go down yeah. to our Breeders' Cup shows. This Larry uh, Colmus interview, episode 306. Larry Colmus, as Tony knows and you know, gave us a little, I asked him for it, said, give me a little call of Shards winning the Breeders' Cup uh, juvenile turf sprint. It was awesome. So please check out episode 306. That was uh, a lot of fun as Larry Colmus called Shards preemptively to win the Breeders' Cup juvenile sprint cross our fingers all right let's move on paul to the next race let me go and bring up the banner race uh seven excuse me race six race six uh let me go ahead and go full screen here picture on the bottom of the screen race six the netjets breeders cup juvenile fillies it's on the dirt mile and a 16th two million dollars wow big field of 13 there are no also eligibles and there's a horse paul that is the talk of the two-year-olds here in the United States. It is the number seven, Tamara, for Mandela and Smith. Four to five morning line. This is the daughter of Beholder. Do not adjust your screen, ladies and gentlemen. Both Paul and I are going to get a little cheeky and try to beat Tamara. You're going to be doing it with the 12 horse who had a – let me switch the uh, to the next race here. The 12 horse who had a very nice win – Last time, as I scroll down to the bottom of the screen, you're going to go with just FYI for your guy, Billy Mott and Junior Alvarado. You're muted, Paul. Paul, you're muted. Let's talk about why we think that Tamara can get beat, right? Because if you're going to get cheeky, you have to beat oh, the sure. heavy favorite. Yeah. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons, and – you know, when she goes off and wins by five, this diesel mean nothing. But just just for humor me. Um, number one, um, in this race, uh, 36 of 39 winners have had a prep race within 35 days of the race. Tamara does not have a prep race within 35 days. Only one winner in this race was going sprint to root. Now it was Beholder, <laughs> her mommy. So, <laughs> so, so that might you might call that mitigating circumstances. Okay, okay. Um, but you know she's going to be four to five. 
uh, she is going around two turns for the first time. And and here's another thing. Uh, we know that some horses either love or hate Delmar. Uh, this horse is two for two, unbeatable at Delmar. Hasn't run at Santa Anita. Um, different surface. Yeah, I, I might be reaching. She might win easily. But you know what? At four to five in a two-year-old race, um, I will uh, – yeah, I'm obviously she's an A on my ticket. I'm not a total moron. Uh, as far as the horse I like, uh, the horse seems to have uh, shipped very well, has trained well uh, since arriving out there. Um, went to the lead in the Frisette. That didn't go to the lead, but had the lead relatively early. But I think this horse is certainly can uh, come off the pace. Uh, is going around two turns, but has run a mile. That uh, Frisette race uh, was run at a mile. And, uh, you know, I just think she is one of the most logicals. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to catch her, uh, Tamara. And I think this is one who could. So, there. There is quite a bit of early speed in this race. Patrick Heinsen from Germany, Paul, came all the way from Germany to watch the Breeders' Cup. Wow. Can I watch the train from Clockers Corner without accreditation? I believe you can, yes. Patrick. Yes, yes, you can do that. And Patrick, thanks for watching the show, man. Let's get some more German viewers watching the show. Maybe perhaps we can meet you out there because uh, Paul and I will be out there as well. We got we have so many people in the chat, guys, that we're not going to be able to show a lot of comments from uh, the chat. But we really do appreciate uh, all the people in the chat. Just keep chatting. Keep talking to each other. We'll try to bring up some comments. Like from Maiden Focus, Paul, you know Maiden Focus is a very astute viewer of the show for those people that are new to the show uh maiden focus has background in the horse racing industry and he not surprisingly follows younger horses and maidens just just fy is a very large filly the big stride good cruising speed should really excel around two turns my only issue and it's really only well there's two issues with jeff just fyi other than the obvious tamara the 12 holes can be tough paul that that is not a good post for just fyi and her race last time was in the slop. I'm sure she could run on the dirt. I mean, she's got great breeding, excuse me, in the in the dry dirt. But big fig in the slop, I'm always a bit dubious. I'm going to go with, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I'm not proud of this pick, but I really like what I saw from Candide. And I'm going to go with Candide to upset the field. She's going to save ground, Paul. Um, she's going to do what she did at Keeneland. She's going to angle out. Now, she was goofy in the stretch. Let me show the stretch of Candide. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily the, the, the best field. Candide is the three, and I really like what I saw here. As as she's right here on the inside, she was in between horses, Paul. You can see she's in between. She had a little bit of trouble actually before that, which we don't see. I like this acceleration. When they push the button, right here, she sort of looks like she might be spinning her wheels a little bit. When she When she got her act together, though, I really like the acceleration. Here she is on the outside. This is You see how she's being asked quite a bit, but it's a short run to the uh, wire. She's really picking up horses nicely. She's four wide. This was the big favorite here of uh, Vivi's Dream, who didn't come back and win. But here's what I don't like. You see she's on the wrong lead there, Paul. You see that she's, she, she's hanging on her left lead. That is a bit of concern. However, I expect her to really improve off this effort. And yes, she's hanging on the wrong lead. It's not as pretty as you'd like it to be. I will fully admit that. But again, Paul, what I really like is I'm expecting 
major improvement and one of my angles, and then we'll move on to the next race. We'll talk about Tamara too. One of my biggest angles, Paul, in horse racing is horses that go two turns for the second time. I think the biggest improvement is ra- in racing is when horses make their first to second start. I think the next biggest improvement in racing is horses that go two turns for the second time. So I'm expecting Candide to be more professional. She's been working well. It's a clip partnership. I'm going to take a shot with Candide. Obviously, Tamara might just stuff us into a locker, Paul, and win by 10. Neither one of us would be surprised. It should be a fun race. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. The, I, I, again, you make the case and you try to beat her and, you know, you try to hit the race if she wins. You know, I'll, I'll certainly uh, be holding a uh, pretty good uh, 7-12 uh, exactor in that race, I would have to think. Which will pay better than my 7-1 if I do that. Here's Tamara. I mean, she's just been very professional. Um, but again, she has been two turns. Mandela did that on purpose, by the way. This field and behind her, Paul, no bueno. Well, look, she did it as easily as possible. I get it. That field was really nothing special. We can look at the buyer figs. I mean, look at these buyer figs. Chalice came out, ran an okay second. No one's really run back. Um, that field was very questionable. She got a dream trip. Paul, you and I have been around this game a long time. Sometimes the obvious doesn't happen. She might have to take dirt the first time. There might be other speed. She might have to encounter things she's never encountered, Paul. And from a handicapping standpoint, we're both going to take her on and see what happens. Absolutely. Although I got to say, Howard, I, I'm a little concerned about the race that your your girl Candide is coming out of because Vivi's dream came back yep. and ran fairly horrifically as a heavy favorite on Sunday at Churchill. So I, I can't argue it. I just think Candide's going to improve a lot. And there's a decent amount of speed in the race. I think uh, Candide might get the trip. Let's go on to the next race, Paul. Race seven, Juvenile Phillies Turf. I got to tell you, Paul, I think this might be the best race of the day. And the Juvenile boys is really good, but there are some serious juvenile turf fillies in this race. And in, in the past, which I'm sure you're going to mention, this race has been won traditionally uh, by Americans. I don't know about this year because there are some nice Euros coming in. Let's look at the field. It's of course, they're going one mile. Of course, it's for two-year-olds, $1 million. Field of 14. Wow. There are a few A's. The Moyline favorite is a very soft uh, the number 11, she feels pretty. Cherie DeVoe, Johnny V, she ran fantastic at Woodbine. This is a very nice horse. Let's see who we are going with here as I go ahead and get the banners up. Sorry about that. And there they are. There's our banners. We do have some similar horses in our top three. Uh, Paul has got the six. I've got the nine. Paul, I'm going to go first with Carla's Way. Carla's Way, six to one, which was a gift if we get it. Simon Crisford. And uh, Mr. Doyle uh, right there in the irons. Let me talk about this horse, Paul. Uh, On our Aiden O'Brien show, uh, he talked about uh, this talented filly, uh, Carla's Way, who will be the favorite. Actually, we talked about it. Excuse me. Davey Lane talked about it. We have an international show. People need to check it out. We have an international entry show with one of the best handicappers from the UK, Davey Lane. Please check out our international entry show. Davy Lane went on and on about Carla's way. We're not going to show European replays um, for copyright issues. We don't want to have issues there. But Carla's way had been more of a speed horse, Paul. So the Carla's way is tactical. And believe me, we did all of our research. 
Carla's way, ladies and gentlemen, is not a slow-breaking Euro. She's tactical. Last time, she sat right off the pace and absolutely exploded. It wasn't the toughest field, but I love the way that she did it. I think she's going the right direction. I think she's going to sit a great trip. I'm not concerned about the mile at all. She's got a wicked turn of foot. If she gets the distance and a decent trip, I really like Carla's way in this race at morning line six to one. Paul, you feel strongly too because you do have her in second. Yes, and I was I was between the two to be honest with you. I, I have uh, you know, listening to some other podcasts and uh, some other opinions uh, of the folks who really follow European racing. Um, I, I do, I do did land on the six. One of the reasons was uh, the ground. Uh, she has run on good to one on good to firm, and obviously she's going to get firm out here. Uh, it is Aiden O'Brien's son, Danaka, who got off to a little bit slower start in the training game than his brother Joseph, but uh, he is certainly, uh, <laughs> with his pedigree, uh, we'll, we'll assume he's going to know how to train a racehorse. Uh, so yeah, I, I really was tossed, torn between those two, and uh, I hesitantly went to the six because our guy Davey, I believe, said he liked Kyla's way as much as anyone uh, in the yes. two days. And as far as if if they're both five or six to one, then you know, wow. I mean, that's it, this does look like a race, Howard, where it might be one of those they don't know who to bet. No, uh, perhaps I want to bring someone on the chat uh, show. Uh, Rob, Rob's a uh, good friend of mine. I haven't talked and seen Rob in a while. We we saw each other a lot at the OTB, which you're like, what's that? Because, you know, well, after COVID, things have changed. Quite a bit. But Rob, thanks for joining the show, man. We really appreciate it. I miss you. Give me a call sometime. Um, Rob said, Paul, that be careful about the VV's dream in the last race. Had major problems in the gate. Be careful downgrading Candide because of VV's dream. That was for the last race. Just want to mention that. Um Let's it was talk a, about. But what time? I'd like to respond to that. It was a five-horse field going a mile and a sixteenth. Okay, so short of sitting down in the gate, you would think she would have had plenty of time to beat more than two of the horses. So I, uh, yes, she was off slow. I get it. Uh, just look at the comment. Chased, flattened. It was not. Now maybe she didn't like the slop. That might be a better explanation. I'll go with that, but, um, you know, okay. I was surprised McPeak went that route. I expected to see Vivi's dream out here. I was uh, in, shocked. In, in, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, we'll find let's out go to Friday. Porta Fortuna. Porta Fortuna is your top pick. Donico O'Brien, yes. uh, this is one of the sons of Aiden O'Brien, has this Caravaggio filly out of a Holy Roman Empire, Holy Roman Empire mare. I – wasn't sure what to do with her. I had her up higher at first, and then I hesitated. I do have her as as a you know I um, have her as a, a not in my top three, but I do have her as a B as in boy or maybe an A depending on how my ticket uh, structure goes. I think she's very talented and very likable filly. Paul, I do. I, I, one of the things I like, Howard, and again, just from gleaning the information uh, that we've been able to glean, it, it appears as if um, Ocean Murphy will could have some options. I, I think she could be forward. She could be tactical. There are races where she's come from the middle of the pack. So uh, I think he's really going to be able to 
see how this race goes. Uh, obviously, post position is ideal, uh, going a mile with a, not a tremendously long run to the turn. So, uh, and and I think you know Ocean Murphy is is just about as good as any of them over there. So, I, I, the versatility factor uh, is ultimately what landed me here. Well, here's the sire Caravaggio, as some of you, some people might remember. Slightly concerned, he was a sprinter. Um, that doesn't mean that this horse, you know, poor Fortuna uh, can't win. I just want to point out that he was a sprinter. So we'll see. Um, I, I I like her. I have her as an A slash B. We'll see. Um, let's talk about the three. This is my second mm. choice. And you have this horse third, Paul. Yep. I almost didn't have her in my top three, but I just love the post. And she has a wicked close. Now, I don't think the Jasmine Paul was a very strong race, but she won that easily. We're going to show the stretch run. This is a talented Justify Philly. I don't know um, how the trip's going to work out, but if she can find a way through the inside, I think Buku is very dangerous in the spot. Paul, we're I, the stretch I, run. You can comment. Yeah. Buku's going to be the 10 horse. Buku's going to be the 10 blowing away the field. Uh, from the outside and doing it really well. Yeah, and I think the point here, Howard, is going to be not that she wins, but how much she wins by. Now, pick her up here. She is on the far outside. Now, stop it there if you could. She's got one horse beaten, and they're uh, just uh, past the quarter pole, right? So, but... So, okay, now it, they, they are bunching up like a typical turf race. So now it's clear she's got a really good shot. But watch how much she wins by. <laughs> she just, Look at the stride, too. She's got like a long stride, Paul. She really just extends really well. Three and three quarter. I actually thought it was more than that. So, yeah, you know, again, it probably wasn't the strongest field. But, you know, puts up an 80. And, you know, you look at – um if, if you look at Porta Fortuna, for example, best time form, 97, deduct 15, which is about the formula, 82. So so this girl's right there. And, yes, I, I have her as a B, and I won't be shocked at all if she wins this race, especially with the history of Americans in this race. Yeah, I, I, I've got her as an A. And I, I admit she might launch from a little too far back. I think Martin Garcia would be smart to get her into the race a little bit. The other thing I want to mention, Paul, I'm going to go full screen. We have not mentioned this yet today. The rails are down Friday, obviously. The rails have not been down in San Anita for weeks. Obviously, they want to keep the first, you know, five, six paths nice and fresh. Paul, do not be surprised if there's some inside turf bias on Friday, especially, maybe even to Saturday. I'm not saying speed favoring necessarily. I'm just saying my gut feeling is you don't want to be out in the five, six, seven path in general. Now you're like, Howard, of course you don't. It's a turf race. You want to save ground. I get it. I'm just saying you might want to upgrade inside path horses, Paul. That's going to be something to, to look at come Friday. So, um, and the rails are down, which usually helps closers too. So it's going to be interesting, Paul. Well, good news, Howard. Uh, on the undercard Friday, two of the first four races are on turf. So you'll get a chance to see how that goes. There we go. Absolutely. Um, I there's there's a lot of other horses we could we could go on and on about this race. Uh, there are horses you've got. You've, we already talked about the three. Let's talk about someone asked about the uh, French horses here. We, we've got a little time, Paul. 
Le Pavot? Um, Le Pavot. Le Pavot raced against Lalnay or Lalan, I think it's pronounced. The that's the uh, what what number is that? I gotta find that. Four. I'm not content. The four. Okay. The four has been racing um against the thir- 14 Le Pavot. I watched the race two back, Paul. Um, the pre de Galvado, the grade two. Boy, she accelerated very well. This four, and by the way, Glen Hill Farm ownership. Um, yeah, Craig Burnick, yeah. Yeah, Craig Burnick. Paul, 14 hole going a mile. That is a major problem for the source. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, and I'm, she, she's between a B and a C for me. And if she ends up as a C, that's going to be the reason. Uh, the other thing about this horse is she has yet to run on anything close to firm. So, you know, th- that's a little bit of an X factor. But to yeah. your point, Howard, clearly, uh, clearly with some talent. Um, I'll give you an interesting stat for this race, Howard, since we're talking about the race. Sure. No California-based horse has ever won the Juvenile Phillies turf. And I'm looking and I see Flattery. Flattery might just be the only one in here. But even, uh, no, Dreamfire, uh, Jerengi's horse. Um, even the times it's been in California, oddly, no California-based horses won this race. Won yeah. this race. Let's end our conversation with these two horses that you see on the screen, Paul. She feels pretty and hard to justify. I was surprised that you don't have she feels pretty anywhere. I thought her run last time at Woodbine was absolutely outstanding. Now, she did get a good trip for sure, but she's got tactical speed. She's got nice clothes. Cara Conti, uh, babies should know how to win in San Anita since Cara Conti uh, herself, or excuse me, himself won Oh, I gotta have a have a gotta have a glass of water for that, but the wrong the misgender everyone. Have a beverage at home, everyone. It's Breeders' Cup time. Anytime we misgender a horse, we have a beverage. Um, what is it you don't like about she feels pretty, Paul? Is it the post or what? Uh, two things. I I like she feels pretty, and I thought uh, okay. I I played her last time. Uh, and it's great to see the Lael Stables colors of Roy and Gretchen Jackson of Barbaro fame in, in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, why I'm he- Two reasons I'm a little hesitant, Howard. One is the post, as you bring up, uh, difficult post, and you, you have to figure she's coming from behind. Two, maybe the configuration at Woodbine with the very wide sweeping turns is more conducive to the type of move she made last time than the configuration at Santa Anita. Okay. I can't argue that. And we don't know how they're going to react to a tight turn. How do we not bring up Chad Brown in a turf Breeders' Cup turf (laughs) race? Uh, If hard to justify got a better post, I'd really like this horse. I have hard to justify as a B as in boy, her first run at Saratoga, it wasn't the fastest, but she did have some trouble, and she still won the race. Paul, her race last time uh, was solid, but she got an absolutely perfect trip in a very softly run race. But she's got some talent. I do want to say also in that race uh, was uh, was Life's an Audible. I didn't. I think Life's an Audible got you know a very good trip also, and although she was closing, I think. Life's an audible. Life's an audible isn't quite as good as the rest of these. So of the two that are coming out of that race, I much prefer 
hard to justify. Don't sleep on Chad Brown in this race either. I've got her as a B as in boy also. It's kind of funny how when people don't believe that you and I don't talk ahead of time. I have written on my sheet here, perfect trip uh, for hard to justify. So, well, that's because um, we do our home. Well, we do. We're yes, we watch replays. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, fans. you know, again, it does. It, yes. it just means that, you know, the likelihood of getting a perfect trip going a mile in the from the 12 is not as likely. Although, you know, our guy Flavien, uh, if anyone can, Flavien can. My gut feeling overall, and we're moving to move on, is either Carla's way wins by two or it could be five or six, seven others. That's just, I think Carla's way is really good. Uh, we're going to find out. I could be wrong. But if it's not her, I think it could be many others, Paul. One of the better Juno Philly renditions I've seen in a long time on the turf. Really good. Speaking of really good, let's go to the juvenile. The boys race, whoever wins this race will be the uh, immediate Kentucky Derby favorite of 20. 24, obviously many, many, many months to go and uh, many races. But this is, I don't know about loaded, Paul, but it's very evenly matched. And I think there's some very talented runners in here. I don't know if there are superstars. In the past, Paul, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile has not been a good race in terms of horses coming out of it. I remember Corniche two years ago winning at, at uh, Del Mar. I think the horses coming out of there were like, oh, for like 30-something at one point. The Breeders' Cup Juvenile, for some reason, uh, again, boys on the dirt has not been a good race uh, for the horses going forward. Paul, I don't know how you feel, but before we show the field, I have a feeling there are going to be many talented runners coming out of this race that could be some threats for the Derby next year. Uh, I will not argue with that. Um, and, and I think the reason I wouldn't is it looks at least at this point in their careers as if there's a, there's a, at least a handful of horses who will get better as the races get longer. Yes, I agree. I think there's also some horses that don't want two turns. This is a really fascinating race. Let's talk about it. Our picks are on the bottom of the screen. Uh, you see that we are quite different again, and these Breeders' Cup races are difficult, especially the two-year-old races. They always are. Let's get right to it, Paul. Race 8 on Friday. It is a $2 million race for the Two-year-old boys on the dirt going a mile and a 16th. It's a field of 11. The Morning Line favorite, and I was surprised to see this by Morning Line maker John White, who, by the way, Paul, did do the Morning Line. Everyone, yes. Steve, yep. I heard I'm Steve Vick this morning. Yep. Is the number six locked, Pletcher and Jose Ortiz. Let's go to your top pick first. You're going to go with Muth uh, for Baffert and J.J. Hernandez was four to one and I have nowhere in my top three. Obviously we feel quite different about this horse. What do you like about Muth? Well, uh, I like it's uh, Baffert's won the race five times, all with horses who have run two turns. Uh, it's, it's a home game. Uh, J JJ Hernandez is the best jockey out there. Uh, he uh, showed last race that he has the ability to stalk, doesn't have to go to the lead, put up three consecutive 90 or above buyers. Good Magic is throwing very good horses. Uh, I think Prince of Monaco is going to have a little bit of trouble. Uh, and obviously Locked is, you know, I mean, we haven't, you'll talk about Locked, you picked them. Um, I think there's a chance that after this race, you're going to say, geez, Locked just had a little too much to do and couldn't get there. 
Um, I hope I'm not saying that <laughs> after this race because I'm going to make no secret about it. This will be a Breeders' Cup betting challenge play for me, locked. Um, let's talk about Muth first. I'm not going to argue with anything you said, Paul. And of course, you're an astute handicapper and you do your homework. And the, I can't lie. You know, we can't we can't uh, fault the numbers. There's a few things I am hesitant about, and Muth can win. Muth can absolutely win. First of all, he's going to take a lot of money, obviously, but so is Locked. I don't like 90, 93, 91, Paul. I want to see progression with these two-year-olds. There's nothing on the page that says Muth's going to run like a 95, 96, 97. Now, he may. It's Baffert in a in a huge race. Obviously, he can. But nothing on the page says it. And last time, Paul, that was a pretty weak field. And boy, did he get a dream, dream trip. I'm just going to show the end of the race against wind me up. Who's also here in this race. Muth is the two Paul. And he just sits there the entire time in the pocket, getting the most perfect mm-hmm. trip I've ever seen. And then you're going to see him in the stretch here. He angles out. You see him angling out right here. We'll go full screen. He angles out. I mean, he's very professional. This is a nice horse. I, I don't have any real knocks. There he is. He goes on by, but He's not like blowing by. I mean, look at look at the space here. And you're like, wow, that was impressive. This is a weak field. This is just a weak field. Again, he does it very professionally. It's a spread out field. He gets a good enough number. You know, it's it's hard to knock, you know, what Muth did, I guess, Paul. I just I don't see how he's gonna get a perfect trip again. There's a lot of other speed. This race is a million times tougher. I'm against Muth. Uh, I'm going to use Muth underneath. I'm against Muth on top. I love, love Locked. Locked is one of my locks, pun intended, of the day on Tuesday. Or excuse me, uh, Friday, sorry. Today's Tuesday. Um, Locked won extremely impressively, Paul, as you know, at Saratoga. And the first race, boy, he got into a ton of trouble in the first race, losing to Just Steel and BU. Nice horses. Let's watch the Keelan race. I'm sure a lot of people watch it. His fig was a little bit slower against your buddy, the wine steward, who again gets the rail. Locked, broke a little bit, is on the outside, broke a little bit slow. Then was a little bit wide. You see him right there, but he's getting a decent trip. He's right there, a little bit hard to see there. Sort of in the three-path stalking, right? What I really like, Paul, we'll fast forward here, is this move right here. I'll go one more time in the fast forward, sorry. Watch this move right here. This move. This is explosive, Paul, and this was not a bad field. He's four or five wide into a short stretch, a little bit like Candide, by the way, and I love the way he strides out. Now, he barely won this race over the wine sewer. The wine sewer right here got a dream trip. Meanwhile, locked had to come four wide. Here's what I really like, Paul. I love the fight. There's actually a little bit of a bump right there if you missed it, and right here I'm like, ooh, Locke's not going to win. He regathers, Paul. He's got a big stride. This is going to do him a ton of good. I love the fight. He goes by the wine steward. There's, I love everything about this race. He got a great education, Paul. This is my play of the day on Friday. Locked well, I assume then you'll be using the wine steward because he did not blow by the wine steward. The wine steward came back and lost by uh, a half a length. The no. wine steward hung in there very well. He, he didn't blow by, but um, no, I'm not using the wine steward. I'll tell you why, Paul. I know you got the – well, actually, why don't you talk about the wine steward? We just watched the replay. Well, I mean, if you love Locke, if you love Locke and you're not using the wine steward, then no. you're, you're speaking out of both sides of your nope. not mouth. 
nope, I'm not speaking on my R's, so I'll explain why. But go ahead. Go well, ahead. Again, uh, <laughs> keep Saez. Uh, the rail is not a bad place to be. The horse is tactical. Uh, she showed a lot of fight last time. Uh, it, it'll be the second time going long, uh, to your point. And, yeah, I get it, locked. But if locked's going to be 7-2 and this horse is going to be 8-1, to one, you know, you can use the argument you use with Archangelo. The other, how can this horse be three times the odds of locked? Um, because the wine sewer got the dream trip of all dream trips, and now it faces a much better field than even faced last time. Oh, it, it, oh, and locked is running against different horses than the wine steward today. Well, locked got a substantially more difficult trip last time. It was much wider. I didn't. I don't use thoroughbreds, Paul, but I'm sure the number was much better for locked. Maybe someone out there in the okay. chat has thoroughbreds. Don't you think, though? You'd have to agree with that. I mean, oh, he ran. definitely had a wide. He had a wide trip, but once he did get up and go by, and they flattened out, he did not run away and hide from this horse. I no, thought he, he ran go. very well. I'm but, just saying, I think the wine steward ran very well as as well. He did, but he got the absolute perfect dream trip. That's my concern. I, I'm being a little cheeky with you, Paul. I like this horse. I just think this is an extremely tough spot, and he couldn't get any better last time. I'm looking at the chat, Paul. There's some, uh, I won't say hatred, but a lot of people are a little bit negative on Locked. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, not from Smogginton. Smogginton said last Locks last race was very nice when Wine still got the job done. Omesh, Omesh, thanks for joining the show. Locke just fired his best load. Why? He's a two year old. I don't. Yeah. What he's got? He's got no upside. I don't. No, it's just, it was I respect. I respect you, Mesh. Oh, Mesh, I just. I don't understand yeah, that thought at all. They're going to get better as they as they uh, keep going. Singh says, "Howard, lot of contradiction from me. No, people. L- let me let me let me let me tell you, Singh. Okay, maybe <laughs> you get that people. idea. Maybe you get the idea from Paul Howard down below. Locked ran. I'm going to say I'm going to make an argument. I'm going to say what, what did he win by uh, half a length? I say yeah. he ran three lengths better." than the wine steward. It's not a negative to the wine steward. I'm just taking ground loss into consideration. I don't see how you don't take ground loss into consideration. I mean, so I don't listen. I respect everyone in the chat. People, this is a great thing about horse racing, right? Uh, everyone's got their opinion. We're going to find out how good locked is. He's going to have to run very well, but he had some stops and starts. He encountered trouble. I think he's going to run much better. There are pick five, Brian, there you go. Rag sheets would be much better for lock than wines. No doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. We um, agree with that. Let's talk about some other horses real quick, Paul. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the four. Timberlake. I wasn't sure what to do Oof. with him. Um, uh, I put him in you second. Know what? Go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. Howard, I went I, – I, I completed this race today in, in my deep, deep dive, and I went into it thinking there was a chance that Timberlake was going to be my top pick. Um, I wasn't blown away. You know, it looks great on paper. Um, I don't think that was a great field. And I think the hopeful, no disrespect to Natella fella who unfortunately was hurt. I think the hopeful was, was one of the weakest hopefuls I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that was in the slop last time. Uh, with Timberlake, which is going to move any horse by into mischief up uh, out of a looking at Lucky Mare. 
I, I think you said it right, Howard. I don't know what to do either, which means he's going to be a B in my ABC. <laughs> well, Paul, all I, the reason why I stopped the video here, see this horse way in the back left-hand corner that I have it on that's Rapoli horse? That is Fierceness, who's in this race. And here is General Partner, who's also in this race. I agree. I'm not sure how strong feel this was, but I do like the way he's finishing here. And I think he's improving sort. And for me, Paul... This is more of a in Brad Cox, I trust kind of thing because he knows how to get a horse ready. He's got Drew. He's got a great post. And so I'm sort of trusting um, Timberlake in this spot and Brad Cox. Let's talk about some others. Prince of Monaco. Prince of Monaco, I have third. You don't have anywhere. And we'll talk about your six in a second, Paul. I got a feeling this horse can be better sprinting. I, I don't know about the mile and a 16th. I do love the post. It's Baffert. I'm a little bit dubious this horse, Paul, and I hope I'm right about that. Your feelings I, on Prince of Monaco, Paul? I thought there was a time this year, Howard, probably in August, I thought Prince of Monaco was going to be the best two-year-old. Uh, I have changed that opinion. I, you know, I say, well, Paul, he's three for three. What has he done wrong? He doesn't look like he's going to improve going up to two turns. Uh, as a matter of fact, even stretching out to seven furlong had a 16-point buyer reduction. Um, you know, it's Baffert. It's the races in California. It's speed. You know, I get it. And, and I'll have the horses a B defensively. But I just I, – I kind of agree with you. I, I'm not – I'm going to gamble that this horse is not going to be, get better stretching out. Yes. Here's fierceness. I'm telling you, Paul, I am not going to let this horse stuff me in a locker Friday. I'm using fierceness. This race is time. not as bad as it looks on paper, Howard. Go back and watch this race. Uh, his last race? Yeah. It, it's been, Look, it, I'm not trying to be stupid. It just It's not as bad as it looks. Okay, well, he got pulled up. I mean, he, he basically they stopped yeah. trying with him, and that increased yeah. the. I agree you know, with you, Howard. Finish, uh, obviously, for a horse that was one to two last time, and he might be fifteen to one this time, I'd yeah. prefer not to get stuffed in the proverbial locker either. Paul, I've got to close the this race, and we got one more race left, everyone. Thanks for watching. We have so many people watching, Paul. We cannot thank everyone enough. Please, we are. Before the show started, we were only – let me just go full screen one second here. Before, before the show started, we were only about 35 subscribers away from 3,000 on our YouTube channel. Please hit that subscribe button. Hit the – smash that like button. Hit the notification bell, just like Paul's doing. Just smash it as many times as – well, actually, you only hit the like button once because if you do it a second time, Paul, it, it negates the like button. So, But we really appreciate everyone. And while I have a lot of viewers, just one more – uh, time. I won't show it at the end of the show. We have fantastic power picks tip sheet. It's 30 pages, Paul, 30 pages of information for 20 bucks Friday and Saturday combined. You have to sign up by Wednesday, midnight Eastern. That is a hard deadline. Look below the video player. You go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com or look below the video player. Paul, I have to mention this horse. This, uh, Akoro Neo, who is going to be 35 to 1 in this race, whatever. The replay is not easy to find. And I know he hasn't broken his maiden. I'm not saying he's going to win this thing. This horse came from the clouds. And he's a Bernardini. And they've put a maiden in this race. If Akoro Neo flies from behind 
out of nowhere and finishes like in the money or fourth to fill out a trier super at like 50 to one. Do not be shocked. I'm telling you, this horse has ability. He's goofy. By the way, look at the damn side. Street sense? Hmm. Very interesting. Just to see what he does. I have no idea. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I've heard, I won't say buzz, but I've heard a few people talk about this horse a little bit. And I respect those people. So I just want to mention Okoro Neo. We'll see how good Locked is. We're going to find out. It's a very tough race. We'll see if I'm right or wrong. I'm really hoping Locked gets the job done. Let's go to last race, Paul, of the pick five sequence as I go ahead and switch some banners uh, on the screen here. Let's go there. We're going to go to the last race of the – actually, it's not the last race of the day. There's one race, I believe, after the Breeders' Cup races on Friday. But this is the last Breeders' Cup race of the day. We'll bring it on the screen right now. Let me bring up our picks. There they are. Paul, finally. Oh, we, you know, at the end, we give ourselves a big warm hug and we've got the same horses in the last race. Let's go to race nine. It's the Prevagen Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, one mile, million bucks, field of 14. Wow. No AEs. Moyline favorite is the number two, River Tiber, Irish Bread for Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore. Unquestionable is the second choice, another Aiden O'Brien at four to one with Detori. We are chalking out here in this race, Paul. We both feel like the Aiden O'Brien crew, and he's got another one, by the way, in Mountain Bear. We think the Aiden O'Brien team is going to be very difficult to beat to close out the pick five on what should be a great Friday at San Anita. Yeah, I, I, you know how it is in a sequence that is very tough and, and trying to beat, I'm trying to beat horses like Tamarur and Locked. I'm going to, if I get to this point, uh, I'm going to be willing to, to live and die with Aiden's army. Uh, I think either one of these horses could be tough. And as you point out, you know, I'll have Mountain Bear as a C just in case, because that horse is going to be a much bigger price. But um yeah, uh, interesting that Ryan Moore uh, picks River Tiber. Uh, you'd have to think Ryan has his ch choice with Aiden's horses. He's the regular rider of both River Tiber and Unquestionable, so whatever that's worth. But you pick up a guy named Len Franco Dottori if you like Unquestionable, so don't get don't get too upset. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's likely that one of these two wins. Uh, the Euros have an edge in this race, 10 to 6. Aiden has won it five times. Uh, one thing, to beware, favorites have only won three out of 16. Uh, but Aiden is, I think you just said, five out of 16 in this race. 31% strike rate for Aiden O'Brien in the juvenile. He's got, look, he's like Chad Brown in the sense, Paul, that he can bring over many different ones. Uh, and he decides to bring over River Tiber and Unquestionable. I think the very first point that you made, Paul, is crucial. Dottori is one of the best riders in the history of the game, right? But Ryan Moore, you would think, had a choice and goes to River Tiber. Now, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear directly from the horse's mouth, so to speak, we had Aiden O'Brien on this podcast. Let me just look at the we'll – find out which one it was. You got an arrow back here. Sorry, not looking at it. It was – I'll bring it on screen real quick. It was episode right here, episode 301. There is Aiden. You can see him there in the distance. We had Aiden O'Brien on. And we talked about these horses. I highly recommend 
people go back and listen uh, to that interview because he talked about these two horses. Uh, River Tiber has only gone six furlongs, Paul. Let me bring up the um, – and I brought this up yes. to, to Mr. O'Brien. I said, is this a concern? He thinks this horse is going to be better stretching out. The horse that he's lost to, Van Deek, who's lost to in the last two, is a serious runner. And Van Deek, Paul, is a sprinter. So the fact that River Tiber was, you know, closing a little bit into maybe one of the best sprinters in Europe uh, for the two-year-olds tells me a lot. The other thing I like about River Tiber, two other things I'll mention. Number one, I love the post. Number two, this horse has got tactical speed. A lot of these Aiden O'Brien horses, Paul, and we talked about it on the show with Aiden, have tactical speed. They have learned these Euros, Paul. They've learned that they got to get out of the gate, especially at San Nita. And a lot of these Euro uh, trainers are bringing over horses that break well. Look, big abs and living in the dream in the dictionary for the uh, five for long sprint races. So River Tiber, I don't think will be too far back. I think he's going to have the stamina to close. I know he's the favorite, so I probably shouldn't go on and on. But I do like him a little bit over Unquestionable, who actually has run further, Paul. So you'd think this horse might be the one I prefer um, because he ran well going seven. I just, the way they run, you'd have to watch replays. River Tiber seems more athletic. And for all the other reasons, I prefer that one. But this horse can obviously win also. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think, you you know, in listening to you, you kind of summarize why I'm willing to live and die if I could only be alive to those two. And, you know, what looks like a contentious race, you know, I'm a big Carson's Run fan and not, not just because of the story, but, you know, back to the post-14 going uh, this mile, very, very difficult. Uh, someone brought up Agate Road in the chat. Agate Road, uh, buyers have improved every race, ran well last time. You know, has to keep improving off of 76, but you have Irad there. Uh, Endlessly, who's the home team horse, undefeated for Michael McCarthy. So, you know, there, there are other options, but, you know, folks, unless you have unlimited budget, you got to, you got to get, uh, you got to go Jenny Craig somewhere. So uh, this will be the race to go a little thinner for me. This is a really, this is why I love, I, I love our live chat. And we thank so much everyone for coming in the chat from the very astute racing downwind, David Duncan, David, thanks for joining the show this morning. Aiden said he has been pointing River Tiber to this race all season. It's not an afterthought. No, clearly it's not an afterthought. Paul, when you hear that, and we've talked about this too, isn't it refreshing how honest these European trainers are? Because from a lot of the American guys, you'll hear hemming and hawing, and they don't want to say a lot. And these these European trainers in general are very forthright. I love that. Yeah, uh, I did. I did see that interview today. Uh, Aiden had a lengthy interview with Michelle Yu. It's probably the second best interview he's done in this whole Breeders' Cup uh, yes. uh, sequence. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was excellent. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, she she asked him which horses he thought he had the best chance of, and he came around to this one. He talked about the stallion when we had him on Howard, I believe. He's high on Wooten Bassett. I believe he mentioned yes. the sire of this horse when we had him on. So, yes. um, yeah, yeah. Look, you, you know, again, it's the Breeders' Cup, and in a fourteen-horse race, you know, you might have twelve that have a puncher's chance at least of winning the race. You know, one thing, Howard, when you're betting the Breeders' Cup, and everyone can do what they want, but 
you really have to keep the courage of your convictions, number one. And don't be afraid. Geez, this horse I liked is now nine to one. He was three to one. Be thankful, not afraid. And, you know, just because there's, there are so many, uh, there are just so many good horses. And part two is you can't be afraid to get beat by a very good horse. You know, if, if I think Tamara has a chance to get beat, and I know the pick five is going to pay in a multiple of three or four without her, you know, I'm not going to be afraid to get, you know, I'll still use her, but even within the body of a race, don't be afraid to get beat by a good horse if you like someone who's at a price. There's going to be prices all weekend. There's going to be speaking of all, which, there's there's going to be over bet horses. There's going to be under bet horses. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're going to be on for five more minutes. Let's talk about our pick fives. We are both serial horizontal players. We love playing horizontally and vertically as well. But we love horizontal bets. I I upgraded our budget to 150 dollars for the pick fives for today and for Friday and Saturday. Usually it's 100 dollars on this show. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen watching at home and listening later on, perhaps 120 or 130 is is way outside your budget. I understand that. These horizontal bets, Paul, are absolutely gold on these types of weekends because, first of all, there's a lot of bad money out there from people that don't handicap a lot and just read bad tip sheets, not our tip sheets, but other poor tip sheets or just you know don't know as much about horse racing. Number two, these uh, the pool sizes are huge so you got to get involved horizontally in our opinion on this show and if you don't have 120 bucks like paul's ticket get a few friends together get three friends together everyone put in 40 bucks here's paul's pick five ticket for friday he's going 479 with 712 with 356914 with 14610 with two eight for 120 bucks. Paul, please explain your logic with your pick five ticket. Well, I'm not going to keep our boy Shads off the ticket. So that okay. he is going to be in leg number one. I don't care if it increased the cost of the ticket by 50%. Uh, in leg two, uh, I did, that was the other race. You know, I wanted to take one shot to beat Tamara, but I, I'm certainly on a caveman. I'm going to go five deep in trying to beat her. Uh, I, you could see, I think uh, we talked about this race, Howard, it's Juvenile Phillies Turf. Uh, there are good Euros. Uh, I have Aiden's horse, uh, Aiden's other horse, Content, at a big price. I didn't want to get beat by. And all the way out to uh, Les Pavot, I do include. So I that's the race where I'm looking to get a price. Uh, moving on to the Juvenile, uh, I did go four deep. I kept Timberlake in. Just because I went into it, as I said, thinking I was going to be my top choice, so I didn't want to throw them out totally. Uh, I do have Muth. I do have Locked, obviously. And then, as we just talked about, uh, living with the the two primary Aidens on the anchor leg. I like the construction, and I think you've got a big shot. Good luck to Paul with your pick five. And again, let everyone know, we do play ABC ticket method and there's a video if you go to betting strategies on our youtube channel i do talk about the abc uh method which was invented by uh, steve chris i believe was the one who started that so you can check out the uh video on our youtube channel go down you gotta scroll down a little bit to our betting strategies section we also on our on our website we've got information on the uh abc uh betting that paul and i like to do as well which basically you weigh your opinions 
differently. You don't play a straight ticket. But we put a straight ticket on the show to make things a little bit easier for the viewers. Here's my $144 pick five ticket. I'm going one, two, four, seven, 11, 12 with one, seven, with three, six, nine, 11, 12, 14, with four, six, with two, eight, $144. I'm spreading a lot in the two races that I think are the most difficult. The juvenile turf sprint. Of course, I'm using shards. I mean, I'm not crazy. And the juvenile Philly turf. To me, those are the two most difficult races. And I know uh, people just heard me say, wait a minute. I thought you said it's either Carla's way or many others. Yes. But I, I don't think Carla's way is any kind of cinch. And then I could single locked. I almost singled locked, but I decided not to, Paul, because it's just a very difficult race. So from a horizontal standpoint, I'll use Timberlake also, but I have to be honest. I'm not sure if that's really the other one that I should be using, but that's what I'm going to do here for the show tonight. And then the two Aiden O'Briens, if one of those loses and I'm alive to that ticket, I just lose and, and move on. Pauls, I show the banner and we close out the show. My friend, you've done a great job as usual tonight. You are flying out tomorrow morning, nice and early. Why don't you tell everyone as we close the show, what you're doing Wednesday night in California, uh, Paul. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, I will plan to attend the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters Annual Awards Dinner, of which there'll be several major awards presented, uh, highlighted by the Mr. Fitz Award, which will be presented to Team Cody's Wish. So it's not just Cody. It's not just the Dormans. It's everyone at Godolphin. It's everyone in Bill Mott's barn. Uh, it's the Dormans, and uh, I'll look forward to being – they are out there. They have landed, by the way. I've heard from them. They are on the ground in uh, California. So uh, they're, they're locked and loaded uh, themselves and uh, ready to go. So uh, And also at that same event, Howard, another major award to uh, George Weaver's wife, who had the really, really bad accident at Saratoga last year and really has made a – remarkable recovery was at Ascot when he won with a uh, goal, uh, Crimson advocate, which was a tremendous story. And, uh, uh, Cindy will be getting an award, uh, at that, uh, tomorrow night as well. So, uh, and then we'll be off and running. I will be a clock is corner Thursday morning, sir. Check out Paul Howard. He's going to be there. I will be there Thursday, uh, along with flying in with, uh, Cal Roscoe and his lovely uh, fiance, Emma, and also Patrick Kunzel. We're meeting at the airport. We will be at the track, Thursday, probably around noon Pacific time to enjoy the entire weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. Really appreciate it. Check us out tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, our blowout edition, all nine races we're going to cover for this Saturday card. Please check out again the Breeders' Cup Power Picks tip sheet below the video player. And we wish everyone a ton of success on Friday for my good, wonderful co-host, Mr. Paul Howard, and this has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 304 of the HHH Racing Podcast. As we say at the end of the show, crush your bets. Breeders' Cup Future Stars Friday, 2023. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye.
Sports. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.